1: This is an NBC News special report. Here's Savannah Guthrie.
2: Everybody, become on the air, the president is in Israel at this hour. He's met with the prime minister there, the war cabinet in Israel, along with families and victims and host of the hostages there. And the wider Arab world this morning is reacting in outrage to the explosion at a hospital complex in Gaza. We've seen scenes this morning throughout the Middle East, including near the U.S. embassy in Beirut, Lebanon, protests unfolding across the region. As we await the president's remarks now, which are just moments away, we want to get right to NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, who's in the West Bank this morning, where there also have been protests. Richard, bring us up to date. Uh,
3: Good morning. There are now clashes and protests in cities uh, all across the Arab world, from Baghdad to Beirut to here in Ramallah. Uh, They are reacting to the uh, attack on a Palestinian hospital in Gaza City, and Palestinian officials say that almost 500 people were killed in that incident. Israel denies any responsibility. It says it was a a rocket attack, that a, uh, a Palestinian rocket misfired, landed in a hospital where people were taking shelter and caused... All that damage. But people here and in other cities don't accept that. They don't believe it. We might uh, be beyond a point where uh, anything that the Israelis say will have a difference on the street. Uh, Here, the clashes are relatively small. We're seeing Palestinians throwing stones at Israeli uh, troops that are just up this street. But the situation in Beirut is unfolding where many demonstrators uh, have converged uh, around the the U.S. embassy. Uh, Lebanese security forces have been brought in to try and clear them away. There have been clashes, and this is also in Morocco, in in a new, in a number of countries, and it comes just as President Biden is on this tour to support Israel and to try and prevent this uh, this situation, this war between Israel and Hamas, from spilling into a wider conflict. But the visit so far has been overshadowed by that uh, that attack under disputed circumstances on a, on a hospital in gaza city uh, that has inflamed tensions all across the region
2: yeah, richard stand by there we await the president's remarks in tel aviv and we see some of those images that have been unfolding in beirut lebanon and across the middle east this morning protests over the the explosion at a hospital complex in gaza city i want to turn to kelly Kobieya who is in the room awaiting the president's remarks and kelly We've heard the president weigh in quite specifically this morning on who was responsible for that attack. The Israeli Defense Forces say it was not an Israeli airstrike and have provided what they call evidence, including video evidence, as well as surveillance footage demonstrating that it was not the IDF. And this morning, the president has said that his own Pentagon, the U.S. Defense Department, has shown him evidence that leads him to believe it was not an Israeli strike. Yeah, his message
4: pretty clear here this morning, even as he was just off the plane uh, speaking to reporters before that bilateral with uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He said it looks like this was the work of the other team uh, referring to that uh, hospital attack, saying, uh, suggesting that it was, in fact, uh, the Palestinian militant group, a Palestinian militant group inside uh, Gaza, who was responsible for that, of course. Uh, Groups inside Gaza are saying it was Israel, so conflicting reports there. But President Biden, uh, saying straight away that, um, the U.S. believes that Israel was not responsible, saying that the U.S. has Israel's back, saying that, uh, the U.S. was working with partners across the region to prevent more tragedy for civilians. Uh, he also said that, uh, echoed what, uh, Netanyahu said that uh, that in fact Israel wasn't responsible and that uh, president uh prime minister Netanyahu saying uh that Palestinian militants should be held uh, responsible should take the blame for what happened uh, late last night in Gaza some 400 plus nearly 500 killed those numbers according to uh Palestinian health officials we don't have a clear count we can't really verify, uh, the number of dead in that attack, but it is obviously, uh, the key talking point. It's the, it's the one topic, uh, that everyone is talking about here as the president, uh, carries out these meetings. Of course, he was meant to, uh, go straight to Amman, Jordan after this to meet with Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas, with Egyptian President al-Sisi, and with, the uh, King Abdullah of Jordan. Those meetings, all canceled the White House suggesting that this was a mutual decision that one side didn't cancel or the other but there is a great deal of anger throughout countries in the Middle East over that uh, over that explosion at the hospital
2: and another issue that the president is having to deal with as he's here. Savannah. All right Kelly stand by there. we're about two minutes away from hearing from the president. I want to briefly turn to Richard who's along the West Bank there on this issue of the summit that was not. Because of this hospital explosion at the complex, the hospital complex in Gaza, this, this plan to meet with the leaders of Egypt, the Palestinian Authority, as well as the King of Jordan, fell apart. And, and the mission of that meeting, Richard, was to try to stop this from becoming a wider conflict. In the minute or so we have before the president speaks, what are the prospects of that now?
3: Well, it was a disaster. Uh, There was supposed to be this peace summit with uh, U.S. allies, Mahmoud Abbas, the 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 moderate leader of the Palestinians, in in contrast to Hamas, the leader of Egypt, the uh, the king of Jordan. But after this hospital attack, uh, the the the, those in attendance decided, in their words, that it would not be productive uh, to to hold the summit. But uh, Palestinians felt that they could not be there. We had Mahmoud Abbas walk out of this meeting, leave Jordan. That they could not be standing, seen. Standing next to President Biden, who's done nothing but support Israel, give uh, a full yeah, personal uh, support, expressing support of the United States, is giving military support to Israel, sending weapons here. There are U.S. military advisors uh, on the ground. Uh, the, these leaders felt at this time after this incident, which, uh, as Kelly was just describing, uh, are under Richard, disputed circumstances, couldn't be there standing next to the president. Richard, I
1: let's come to Israel to the with president. a single message. You're not alone. You are not alone. As long as the United States stands and we will stand forever, we'll not let you ever be alone. Most importantly, the uh, I know the recent terrorist assault on the people of this nation has left a deep, deep wound. More than 1,300 innocent Israelis killed, including at least 31 American citizens, by the terrorist group Hamas. Hundreds, hundreds of young people at a music festival. The festival was for peace, for peace, gunned down as they ran for their lives. Scores of innocents from infants to elderly grandparents, Israelis and Americans, taken hostage. Children slaughtered, babies slaughtered, entire families massacred. Rape, beheadings, bodies burned alive. Hamas committed atrocities that recall the worst ravages of ISIS unleashing pure, unadulterated evil upon the world. There's no rationalizing it, no excusing it, period. The brutality we saw would have cut deep anywhere in the world, but it cuts deeper here in Israel. October 7th, which was sacred a sacred Jewish holiday, became the deadliest day for the Jewish people since the Holocaust. It has brought to the surface painful memories, and scars left by millennia of antisemitism and the genocide of the Jewish people. The world watched then. It knew. And the world did nothing. We will not stand by and do nothing again. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. To those who are living in limbo, waiting desperately to learn the fate of a loved one, especially to families of the hostages, you're not alone. We're working with partners throughout the region, pursuing every avenue to bring home those who are being held captive by Hamas. I can't speak publicly about all the details, but let me assure you, for me, as the American president, there's no higher priority than the release and safe return of all these hostages. To those who are grieving a child, a parent, a spouse, a sibling, a friend, I know you feel like there's that black hole in the middle of your chest. You feel like you're being sucked into it. The survivor's remorse, the anger, the questions of faith in your soul. Starting at staring at that empty chair, sitting Shiva. The first Sabbath without them. They're the everyday things, the small things that you miss the most. The scent when you open the closet door. The morning coffee you shared together. The bend of his smile, the perfect pitch of a laugh. The giggle every little boy, the baby. For those who have lost loved ones, this is what I know. They'll never be truly gone. There's something that's never fully lost. Your love for them and their love for you. And I promise you, you'll be walking along some days and say, what would she or he want me to do? You smile when you pass a place that reminds you of them. That's when you know When a smile comes to your lips before a tear to your eye, that's when you know you're going to fully make it. That's what will give you the fortitude to find light in the darkest hours. When terrorists believe they could bring down, bring you down, bend your will, break your resolve. But they never did and they never will. Instead, we saw incredible stories of heroism and courage. Israelis taking care of one another, neighbors forming watch groups to protect their kibbutz, opening their homes to shelter survivors, retired soldiers running into danger once again, civilian medics flying across rescue flying rescue missions, and off-duty medics at the music festival caring for the wounded before becoming victim before becoming a victim himself. Volunteers retrieving bodies of the dead so families could bury their loved ones in accordance with Jewish tradition. Reservists, leaving behind their families, their honeymoons, their studies abroad, without hesitation, and so much more. The state of Israel was born to be a safe place for the Jewish people of the world. That's why I was born. I've long said, if Israel didn't exist, we'd have to invent it. While it may not feel that way today, Israel must again be a safe place for the Jewish people. And I promise you, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that it will be. 75 years ago, just 11 minutes after its founding, President Harry S. Truman and the United States of America became the first nation to recognize Israel. We've stood by your side ever since. We're going to stand by your side now. My administration was in close touch with your leadership from the first moments of this attack. We're going to make sure we have what you have, what you need to protect your people to defend your nation. For decades, we've ensured Israel's qualitative military edge. And later this week, I'm going to ask the United States Congress for unprecedented support package for Israel's defense. We're going to keep Iron Dome fully supplied. So it can continue standing sentinel over Israeli skies, saving Israeli lives. We've moved U.S. military assets to the region, including positioning the USS Ford carrier strike group in Eastern Mediterranean with USS Eisenhower on the way to deter, to defer further aggression against Israel and to prevent this conflict from spreading. The world will know that Israel is, Israel is stronger than ever. And my message to any state or any other hostile actor, thinking about attacking Israel remains the same as it was a week ago. Don't. 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 Since this terrorist attack attack took place, we've seen it described as Israel's 9-11. For a nation the size of Israel, it was like 15 9-11s. The scale may be different, but I'm sure those horrors have tapped into some kind of primal feeling in Israel, just like it did and felt in the United States. Shock, pain, rage, an all-consuming rage. I understand, and many Americans understand. You can't look at what has happened here to your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, sons, daughters, children, even babies, and not scream out for justice. Justice must be done, but I caution this while you feel that rage, don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. I'm the first U.S. president to visit Israel in time of war. I've made wartime decisions. I know the choices are never clear or easy for the leadership. There's always cost, but it requires being deliberate. Requires asking very hard questions. It requires clarity about the objectives and an honest assessment about whether the path you're on will achieve those objectives. The vast majority of Palestinians are not Hamas. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses innocence, innocent families, in Gaza as human shields, putting their command centers, their weapons, their communications tunnels in residential areas. Palestinian people are suffering greatly as well. We mourn the loss of innocent Palestinian lives like the entire world. I was outraged and saddened by the enormous loss of life yesterday in the hospital in Gaza. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the a result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. The United States unequivocally stands for the protection of civilian life during conflict, and I grieve. I truly grieve for the families who were killed or wounded by this tragedy. And the people of Gaza need food, water, medicine, shelter. Today, I asked the Israeli cabinet, who I met with for some time this morning, to agree to the delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza, based on the understanding that there will be inspections that the aid should go to civilians, not to Hamas, Israel agreed agree the humanitarian assistance can begin to move from Egypt to Gaza. Let me be clear. If Hamas diverts or steals the assistance, they will have demonstrated once again that they have no concern for the welfare of the Palestinian people, and it will end. <clears throat> As a practical matter, it will, it will stop the international community from being able to provide this aid. We're working in close cooperation with the government of Egypt, the United Nations and its agencies like the World Program and other partners in the region to get trucks moving across the border as soon as possible. Separately, I ask Israel that the global community demand that the International Red Cross be able to visit hostages. I just demanded that the United States fully adjust demand that the United States fully supports. Today, I'm also announcing million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. This money will support more than 1 million displaced and conflict-affected Palestinians, including emergency needs in Gaza. You are a Jewish state. You are a Jewish state, but you're also a democracy. Like the United States, you don't live by the rules of terrorists. You live by the rule of law. When conflicts flare, you live by the law of wars. What sets us apart from the terrorists is we believe in the fundamental dignity of every human life. Israeli, Palestinian, Arab, Jew, Muslim, Christian, everyone. You can't give up what makes you who you are. If you give that up, then the terrorists win. And we can never let them win. You know, Israel's a miracle a triumph of faith and resolve and resilience over impossible pain and loss. Think about October 7th, the Jewish holiday, where you read about the death of Moses, a tragic story of a profound loss to an entire nation, a death that could have left helpless hopelessness in the hearts of the entire of the entire nation. But though Moses died, his memory, his message, his lessons, have lived on for generations of the Jewish people, as well as many others. And just as the memory of your loved ones will live on as well. After reading the story of Moses' death, those who observe the holiday began reading the Torah from the very beginning. The story of creation reminds us of two things. First, that when we get knocked down, we get back up again and we begin anew. And second, when we're faced with tragedy and loss, we must go back to the beginning and remember who we are. We are all human beings, creating the image of God with dignity, humanity, and purpose. In the darkness, to be the light unto the world is what we're about. You inspire hope and light for so many around the world. That's what the terrorists seek to destroy. That's what they seek to destroy. Because they live in darkness, but not you, not Israel. Nations of conscience, like the United States and Israel, are not measured solely by the example or power. And we're measured by the power of our example. And that's why, as hard as it is, we must keep pursuing peace. We must keep pursuing a path so that Israel and the Palestinian people can both live safely, in security, in dignity, and in peace. For me, that means a two state solution. Must keep working for Israel's greater integration with its neighbors. These attacks have only strengthened my commitment and determination and my will to get that done. I'm here to tell you the terrorists will not win. Freedom will win. So let me end where I began. <clears throat> Israel, you're not alone. The United States stands with you i told the story before, and I'll tell it again, of my first meeting with an Israeli prime minister 50 years ago as a young senator. I was sitting across from Golda Meir at her desk in her office. And she had a guy named, a guy who later became prime minister, sitting next to me just before the 1973 Yom Kippur War. And she flipped the maps up and down, t- telling me how bad things were and how terrible they were. All of a sudden she looked at me and she said, would you like a photograph? I looked at her. She got up from her desk and walked out into that hallway. I think it's Marble Foreign. Walked out in the hallway. We walked out, and there were a bunch of photographers standing in front of us. We are standing shoulder to shoulder. Without her looking at me, she said to me, knowing I'd hear her, Why do you look so worried, Senator Biden? And I said, Worried? Like, of course I'm worried. And she looked at me, and she didn't look. She said, We don't worry. Senator, we Israelis have a secret weapon. We have nowhere else to go. Well, today, I say to all of Israel, the United States isn't going anywhere either. We're going to stand with you. We'll walk beside you in those dark days. We'll walk beside you in the good days to come. And they will come. As you say in Hebrew, which I'm not going to attempt to do because I'm such a terrible linguist, I'll say in English, the people of Israel live. The people of Israel live. Israel will be safe, secure, Jewish, and democratic state today, tomorrow, and forever. May God protect all those who work for peace. God save those who are still in harm's way. Thank you very much.
3: Mr. Mr. President, what is your red line
2: President Biden in Tel Aviv delivering remarks, impassioned remarks, uh, on the occasion of The war in Israel between Israel and Hamas started October 7th with a Hamas terror attack into southern Israel. And this morning, there are questions. There are protests around the Middle East over an explosion at a hospital complex that happened in Gaza. And the president stating in his remarks just moments ago that he believes his uh, Defense Department has led him to believe that it was an errant rocket fired by a Palestinian terrorist group in in Gaza and not the Israelis who are responsible for it. We just saw Richard Engel there who is in the West Bank where there have been protests as well as around the Middle East and as planned summit. The president was to head to Jordan and meet with other Arab leaders about a path forward that summit now canceled in light of the carnage in Gaza accusations, finger pointing and rage and and, and an impassioned speech from the president where he said to Israel repeatedly, you are not alone. Let us go to Richard Engel. Uh, Richard, he also talked about the the situation, the the humanitarian situation in Gaza. He said that he had asked Israel's war cabinet to immediately begin allowing supplies into Gaza and also said that 100 million dollars of emergency U.S. funding would be headed to Gaza and the West Bank. What did you hear in that speech?
3: Well, I think uh, it was another impassioned historic uh, support uh, defense of the state of Israel. And that has been extraordinarily popular uh, among Israelis. If you watch the Israeli uh, broadcasts on television, some of the broadcasts now are just starting with clips of President Biden talking about Israel, talking about the friendship uh, that there is between Israel and the United States. what people in this part of uh, of the in this area the Palestinian territories here what people in Gaza here what people in many Arab countries here is full support for Israel and then they're watching the people of of the Gaza Strip the 2.3 million people there cut off and under attack by Israeli airstrikes Israel has made it very clear that it wants Hamas to be destroyed that it wants Hamas to be removed from power but many civilians are being killed Israel has told the people of the Gaza Strip to move south to leave Gaza City and head to the southern part of the Gaza Strip and this hospital attack is a symbol uh, who, whoever was responsible for it Israel says that it was a Palestinian rocket that misfired people here uh, Palestinians believe that the Israelis uh, did it despite the evidence that Israel has presented they're they're using that as a symbol because the people in 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 the Gaza strip however they were killed were sheltering in a hospital under attack by Israeli airstrikes in general in its ongoing war against Hamas uh, after that uh, horrendous terrorist attack Hamas carried out inside Israel when it killed and and kidnapped Israelis and foreigners.
2: Richard, stand by there. You're in the West Bank in Ramallah. Uh, We, of course, are keeping our eye on these protests that are unfolding very near the U.S. Embassy in Beirut, Beirut, Lebanon. There are actually protests around the wider Middle East today in light of what's happened in Gaza. I want to go to Peter Alexander at the White House. Peter, to get your thoughts on the president's speech, which once again, set this in a historical context. He not only said to Israel, you are not alone. He also evoked the Holocaust quite specifically and quite intentionally and said the world stood by then the world knew and did nothing and said that will not happen again.
0: Savannah, that's exactly right. The president's key takeaway from his remarks today that you are not alone. But for the course of the last several days, he's been saying that he stands with Israel. But today it's more powerful because he says those words standing in Israel here. A couple of key takeaways, I think, from his remarks, his call that the International Red uh, Cross be allowed to visit with those hostages being held by Hamas right now by some counts and maybe as many as 200, 199. And in total. The president today making official what we had learned overnight, that the death toll of Americans has now risen to 31, with 13 Americans still unaccounted for. Exactly how many of those Americans are hostages remains unclear. And, and I think he had another uh, set of words in there that are telling. The president, who clearly is not going to be able to make the face-to-face um, conversations possible since he won't be going to Jordan, he'll be speaking to Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian Authority president, and Ruth Holm will be speaking to President Sisi of Egypt and route home but he did deliver some words of caution and restraint to Israel here saying after 9 11 that took place in the United States he says that we sought justice and we got justice but we also made mistakes I think it was a very clear effort uh, for him by him to call on the Israelis to try to dial it back a minute to to give real consideration to their effort to try to limit the casualties of civilians as best possible. And finally, going forward, Savannah, you made reference to the $100 million that the U.S. said will be sent to Gaza and to the West Bank to help those Palestinians in need at this time. The president, NBC News, has been reporting, according to two people familiar with the discussions, is planning to ask Congress to greenlight $100 billion in a supplemental funding package that wouldn't just support Israel, but Ukraine, Taiwan as well, and also include border security. That'll next be on the plate of the lawmakers here in Washington to try to help this effort going
2: forward. And worth mentioning, as as, as you say, the president said he would uh, ask Congress for a, quote, unprecedented support package. You are, are reporting that something like 100 billion uh, for Israel and and other needs. But of course, Congress, as we speak, is in the middle of a speaker crisis in the House, which is unfolding. And it, the House essentially paralyzed Peter until Republicans in the House elect a leader.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, we expect to see another vote right now where the frontrunner had been the Republican firebrand Jim Jordan, but he is well shy of the votes he needs. There are real conversations taking place behind closed doors, whether he can get that vote. The next vote expected to happen soon, who it will be. But without a speaker of the House, they can't bring any of these supplemental funding packages to the floor, which, as the president himself has said, has the risk of not just handcuffing the United States, but also handcuffing America's allies, including Ukraine And now, of course, Israel as well.
2: All right. I want to briefly go to Richard Engel for the final moments we have, Richard, with just what you're seeing there and what you expect to unfold now as the president is wrapping up his trip to Israel.
3: Well, I think this speech is only going to convince uh, Israel that uh, the United States has its back. This was a full-throated support of Israel. And people who watch this uh, in the Arab world will be convinced that uh, the United States and Israel are in partnership. And every time there is an attack on the Gaza Strip, every time uh, there are mass casualty events, people are now going to start blaming the United States. And I think that's why we're seeing these protests in Beirut right now in front of or right near the U.S. Embassy.
2: Oh, well, we will continue to watch it. We've been seeing those protests all around the region. Richard, thank you. Be safe. We'll have much more throughout the day on NBC News Now, MSNBC, and tonight on NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. He is live in Israel. Most of you now will return to more of the Today Show. I'm Savannah Guthrie in New York. This has been an NBC News special report.